On this episode of At Large, I'm joined by Blake Griffin, live from the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. We talked about his stand-up comedy career, why he prefers living in Detroit to Los Angeles, and what he thinks about NBA free agency and the player empowerment era. Blake Griffin, we're in, uh, where are we, downtown Montreal, Just for Laughs. You're doing a comedy show tonight. Tell people that, people know you do comedy, I think. But tell people kind of like the five-minute origin story. The origin story. I think I just, as a kid, loved comedy. I watched, you know, Richard Pryor growing up uh, with my dad. I always just gravitated towards comedy shows, whether it was like, even like I Love Lucy. You know what I mean? Back in the day, like as a kid, like a young, young kid before I was allowed to watch like SNL and all that. Like that's that's what I wanted to watch, like more so than anything else. Um, and then, you know, I became like a Saturday Night Live junkie at like an early age eddie murphy chris rock i would like download on like napster like you know like illegally <laughs> download like tracks and and like play them over and over on my computer or our family's computer with headphones on um and then as i got older i was like i was like the comedy central like generation you know when like stuff wasn't like you couldn't go just watch whoever you wanted i, I had to watch comedy central uh and so i would just watch specials you know, and, and as I got older and older, the Chappelle show came around and, and you know, all these guys like Tosh and, and, you know, I just kept going and going and going. And then when I got to L.A., um, I shot a ESPY sketch when Seth Meyers hosted the ESPYs and Neil Brennan was uh, writing for him. He was like his head writer. And after my first take, I remember, you know, athletes come in and they kind of like do this whole thing and everybody's like all right well shit we got to give him some notes and I remember I did my first take and Neil and Seth like came around the camera they didn't even come out to say like hello first they were just like back there and they came out and Neil was like that was really that was really fucking good like that was uh you know he had good timing and stuff and so Neil and I started talking and then we started hanging out I started following around to shows um he kind of encouraged me to like write stuff on my own and write down thoughts and, and figure it out and then once I got the courage, I did a did a set, and then I came here. I did five nights in a row, um, and then kind of like the rest was history. Not that I do it all the time now, and and what I say to people now is like I, I never want to like go take a comedian's spot. I want to host a show, and I want to give comedians a spot. You know what I mean? Because I know these guys are like guys and and girls are like grinding and and doing this for real. So, um, yeah, that's that's why we're here today. Who's a who is the funniest guy in your life growing up? funniest guy in my life growing up i mean my dad was like he's my dad's always down for a joke you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i would call him the funniest guy but he's all like he loves to laugh he's like a three stooges like you know what i mean like he just like loves like that classic stuff so i think i i got like that itch from him the funniest guy in my life like growing up that's a really good question man i i um, like was there a classmate like a random person that you remember that made you laugh all the time or it was just like a random person that you might have taken cues from I mean, in terms was, of your comedy yeah, it was like people that came and came and went but for me man it was like watching stand-up and it was watching comedy you know what i mean saturday night live like all these guys it, it was that that that's who i was always like that is awesome that's funny yeah what about like what do you get out of comedy that you don't get from playing basketball um, I, I get to work out a new muscle, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, basketball obviously is all physical. You're thinking, 
and you're thinking quickly, but it's all physical, man. It's it's uh, comedy is just not, like like there's no comparison. People always kind of try to make the comparison between basketball and comedy, and the only comparison is the adrenaline. You know, like when you when you're in the in the zone in a game and you're playing, you're playing free and you're playing off field. It's the same way to me when I have like a good night, you know, and and things are flowing and I'm just like something hits and then I think of something and I say it and that hits and I'm like that was cool and you go to your next thing you know it's just a flow you don't have to think about it is it like the same adrenaline rush or is it yeah. completely different for you no it's very 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 similar like you 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 finish a good game and you have the you get the text you know from people and you know you talk to the people that were there teammates whatever it is and you feel like this certain like energy that's like riding above everything else and it's kind of the same when you have a good set um I haven't had many of them, but um, it, it definitely you feel like this 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 like higher energy a little bit. Yeah, like you've been doing this comedy thing, and obviously you still have your basketball career and so many years left. But where like is there an end goal for you for this comedy thing? No, honestly, there's not. It's not yeah. like I'm not doing this to like you know one day have my a Netflix special or or one day do. I think it's just something that I enjoy, and like that's kind of how I've always operated. Like if I enjoy doing something, I'm gonna do it. And if I don't, I probably won't. Um, so this is like something that's fun. And, and like I said, it gives it uh, to me, it gives me a chance to like not give back, but it gives me a chance to give somebody like a pedestal to, to um, you know, be able to do do some time here and there. Yeah, I was talking to Neil. Neil's talked to me about how kind of serious you are mm -hmm. about the craft. Yeah. Like. Tell tell the listeners kind of, you know, you talked a little bit about you don't want to take a comedian's spot and things like that, right? Like, what are the things you're doing that aren't happening, like, on stage of how you're taking this comedy stuff seriously in terms of coming out with jokes, um, studying people, getting feedback, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I watch comedy, like, stand-up especially, probably more than anything. Um, and I, you know, I'll always, somebody new pops up on, on Netflix or whatever it is, I... I normally go watch i'll give it a try you know what i mean i'm not saying i like everybody and i <laughs> i can watch everybody but there's there's guys who i had no clue who they were and not, not to like degrade them at all i just yeah. you know, i'm just not like fully involved in the world and um i think that's like part of part of it for me is doing homework like i think a good basketball player like during the basketball season i watch basketball every single night you know what i mean just games and it's not because I'm like, oh, I have to watch this game. I just want to. I'm a fan, you know, and, and comedy is the same way. It's like that thing right under basketball for me. So um, I think putting in the time and, and, you know, going about constructing jokes, going about constructing a, a set the right way um, is important to me. Like I don't want to be like this hack, you know, who like only gets like the low-hanging fruit. I want to be able to, to, to you know, have people come to a show or have people listen to me and, and walk away being like, I never thought about it like that. To me, that's when like comedy's good is when you're like, I, I can't believe I never thought about it from that perspective. Um, so, you know, I try to take it seriously and I try to make people realize that like, this isn't like something I do just for more attention. It's mm -hmm. something that I like really like have loved for a long time, you know? Yeah. Who's the funniest teammate that you've had in the NBA? Who's the funniest person that you might not, people might not, think is funny that but people might not yeah that funny. might be surprised um 
uh, one of my one one guy who I think is really really funny is is uh, Epe Udo. Um, and he's actually from Oklahoma. Um, we grew up playing basketball together. But even in the league, like you you ask around, like anybody that's played with him knows, like he's a he's a very very funny guy. Um, another guy, Hito Turkaloo, who I played with. <laughs> Hito is he's a really funny guy. Fun. He's funny. <laughs> Because he just like has this different mindset on life and everything. He's a great guy, but he just has like a different mindset, um, and, and he's he's really funny as well. Are any of the refs funny? Like, can you yeah. joke with some of the refs? Yeah, hundred. Like, do they have a sense of humor? Yeah, some of the refs like there's refs that are very funny, and you can joke with them, and you can even like talk talk like shit to them. You can like you know say like, "Wow, you fucking blew that one," you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and they'll like give it right back to you when you when you mess up, and yeah, those are the refs that are like really well-respected and, and really fun to be around. It's the, the only thing with refs is, like, it's the ones who, like, act like they never made a mistake or act like they <laughs> Don't get fine, can't right? talk to them. <laughs> Don't get yeah, fine on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and there's not, there's honestly not that many of them. They're, they're, a lot of the guys are, are really great. It's just, like, when you get, like, a bunch of guys in a, in a, in a space that are all competing and all trying to um, win and, and plead their case, then... Um, it, you know that that's when the the ref player coach fans beef happens yeah do you find sometimes like i think a lot of people watch the nba just for like the drama and the entertainment aspect of it do you find like the nba is just pretty hilarious in general yeah like absolutely. if you just step away from absolutely. it 100 <laughs> percent. i think it's i think and to the nba's credit they've allowed it to happen you know what i mean um i think a lot of sports are so dedicated to like the tradition and like the game not changing um and that's there there's there name me something else that you know has to be like that everything has to continually change like people are changing people are evolving people are becoming different better smarter faster whatever it is and the nba has done a really good job of growing with people um and at the same time it's 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 entertainment you know what i mean it's a sport but it's it's entertainment yeah so you obviously Went from L.A. to Detroit, you know, middle of, I think, I guess, two seasons ago now. What was that transition like for you just, like, personally? Uh, I get that question all the time, man, and, like, it, it couldn't have been, like, a an easier transition. I grew up in Oklahoma for, you know, I lived there for 19 years, um, and then I went to L.A., and it's funny that people always ask me the same thing when I people went to L.A. People think you miss L.A. a lot, right? People yeah, think, absolutely. like, oh, like. absolutely. And I do. I have my friends there, and it's just like I missed home when I left home. Um, but during the season, like I said, every night, like all I really want to do is sit and watch basketball and, and chill and relax. And um, Michigan's a great place to do that. But um, the transition was like, I just the first year was weird because I'd never been traded, and like I packed up and moved at the end of January. And I was also I was so I knew I was going to be there. I was there for two weeks. Then All Star break happened. Then I came back. I was there for two weeks. We went on like a two-week road trip. I came back, and then there was two more weeks in the season. So it was just weird from the perspective of I never felt like I was at home because of just the time of the trade, um, never having done that, you know, all those things. So it wasn't like – to me, it wasn't like a, this huge shock, like, well, I can't believe I'm living in this place. Like, people kind of associate you with one city because you were drafted there, but they forget that you spent two, more than two times that amount in another city that's much more similar yeah you know it's funny because like i was watching the clippers press conference yesterday when they introduced Kawhi and like Paul yeah, George. I, missed it, but I heard it was <laughs> <laughs> so I, I need you to tell me a few things so number one 
Is Steve Ballmer always that intense? No, no, that's like his that's like his his shtick, you know. That's so that's not shit. the real him. I mean, he's like <laughs> high up. I mean, I don't know. You go to dinner with him, and it's not it's not what you're seeing when you see him like at a rally. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I don't know that anybody is like the same at dinner as they are at like a, at a rally in front of fans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but I would say like yeah, he's probably he's he's, he's like he's into it. Yeah, for sure. Like that's his like that's his thing, you know. You had an interesting set of owners going from Donald Sterling <laughs> to Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably like two polar ends of the, the spectrum. I don't, I don't know that Donald Sterling really cared much about the team, you know. Um, and then you got a guy who like seemingly like can't even sit still because <laughs> who cares. <laughs> um, so, it's yeah, it's two different, two very different owners. Um, but, you know, there's uh, – there's a place for place for all, and the, there, there's so many different owners, and there's so many different uh, personalities when it comes to owners that um, it's kind of fun having those those balances. It's funny hearing them like they were talking about how oh you know this is gonna be a new era for the Clippers because of these two guys. Mm -hmm. and it seems like people just forgot about like Lob City, like when you guys were playing so well, mm -hmm. you guys were the best team in LA during that time. Yeah, I mean we ultimately didn't accomplish anything in sports. Like that's that's how you get measured. So. Um, I, I understand that, but at the same time, they haven't either, but they haven't had a chance, you know what I mean? So the hype is, is there. And then, you know, if they succeed, they'll, they'll, you know, be the ones that really turn that franchise around and, and actually, you know, solidified them as like not the, the same franchise that it is today or that it was, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Phil made a big deal. Cause I know, you know, came out, reported the kind of free agency pitch that they, had made you right mm -hmm. kind of the lifetime clipper thing i'm wondering does that make you more like jaded in terms of like no no no, no. or that, is that something that you just move on from i mean listen the pitch like i didn't want that pitch any more than anybody else did i i didn't it wasn't to me it wasn't about like doing the fake jersey retire like that that's not where i was like oh yeah i'm signing back here you know what i mean like yeah it was the best decision at the time for me yeah um the only at the end of the day the only thing that i wish happened differently is i wish they had kind of given me the same respect that like you know some teams give to guys when they're like hey we're going to go in a different direction mm -hmm. we want to try to make this work for everybody yeah you know what i mean did just you have no I, idea like when the yeah, trade happened zero, that zero, it just happened zero idea and i even yeah. went and asked you know i asked um uh somebody in the front office like hey i'm hearing this on the day of what's going on and I was, it was just like tiptoed around and kind of like, oh, you know, you'll be the first call and that didn't happen. That's my only thing about the whole thing. I, I completely understand if a team wants to go in a different direction. I just wish that I had been able to been, you know, privy to the, to the information before everybody else was. Yeah. I know people are, all, are talking about a lot because of the free agency this summer about like the player empowerment era and mm -hmm. things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. As a superstar in the league and as someone who's gone through the free agency, seems like the owners want to kind of come down with different rules now because everyone's talking about the tampering because right. people it's i think it's common knowledge like people talk right like yeah. people talk things are happening where do, where do you stand on that in terms of like oh like people will say like players should be loyal to teams but teams aren't loyal to players like where do you stand on this whole player empowerment thing whether it's good or bad i mean at the end of the day people are coming to watch us play i realize that the owners have the money but just like you say, like 
well, there's another player who will line up and play for less. There's another there's another guy who will own a team and not care about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it works both ways, man. Like I, I don't I don't necessarily see as like a, a player empowerment. I think it's just like it is what it is. It makes sense. Like we we are we are the ones that are out there playing, and there will be guys after us who do the same thing. So it's not that we are the only ones that can do this. But at this current time and this current situation, we are the ones that are doing it. Just like whoever owns the team at the current time, like they're the ones who own the team and, and are moving things forward. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are talking about Steve Kerr's comments, which I, I'm not, I, I, to be honest, I didn't like read completely, but. I think he was saying that Anthony Davis, the whole thing was bad for the league is what he said, right? Yeah, so, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with it because you know, teams can do the exact same thing. Um, I always point to you and DeMar, DeMar DeRozan yeah, as yeah. like the examples. Yeah. Like you commit to a team yeah. long term. And, and like nobody really like, stopped being fans of the team because of that. You know, Toronto and, and um, the Clippers ultimately like Toronto won a championship and um, the Clippers are now in a, a great position to be a, 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 you know, one of the top teams for, for a while. Nobody stopped being a fan of the teams, but sometimes when players do what they did, people stop being a fan of the players, um, which is – I don't care who you are. You can't look at that situation and say that that's fair. I just can't because you're saying, that like, all oh, the players make all this money. Well, so are the teams. Like, so, you know, everybody in this situation is all – we're all making money, you know, so you kind of have to take that aspect out of it to, to me. Yeah, yeah. We'll wrap up just a few more questions for you. So if you were to have a roast, if there was going to be a roast of Blake Griffin and you got to invite three NBA players on the dais to roast you, who would you pick? Three NBA players. Um, Current NBA players? Anybody you want, as long as they're, like, alive. (laughs) As long as they're alive. All right. Well, that narrows it down. Um, uh, I think Charles Barkley would do a good job. You know, he's kind of used to to speaking and and also used to – talking shit <laughs> about people. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think that serves him well. Um I think uh I think DeAndre Jordan would be pretty good. You know, I've been played played with him for a long time. He knows me pretty well. Um and uh man, it's tough. I think um I don't know. I don't know about the third one. Yeah, I have to go with. I feel like I just would go with people like that know me really well, you know, yeah. more so than like a big name that'll tell the stories. Um, yeah, I've known like known a lot of guys for a long time, but I've known Chandler Parsons for a long, long time. You know, since we we're like 14 years old, so um, he he's had he he would have some stories. Um, but other than that, I think that would be my three. Yeah, and last one for you: if you could roast three NBA players, who would you want? Oh man. I mean, <laughs> Give or me, just one. Give me everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, you wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll take on whoever. I'll take on whoever. Um, I don't know. That's a really, really good question. Probably, I probably want to roast Shaq. He'd be fun to roast, man, because he's a good sport. Um, he's, he's done stuff like that. Perfect. Thank you, Blake. Good luck with the show tonight. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.